Hello and welcome to Can't Find My Way Home, the podcast where expats from around the globe talk about the music and art scene in their adopted home. I'm your host, Craig. In this week's episode of Can't Find My Way Home, I was joined by Zoe Hater. Zoe joined me from France where she was performing with the Footsparn Theatre Company on tour. Zoe tells us about growing up between London, Czech Republic and France, and how the theatre, performing in productions, writing and performing her own songs have all become so prominent in her life. We talk musical influences, how working with Glenn Hansard has really transformed and inspired her as a musician as well as looking forward to studying theatre in France later this year. We talk the best spots in Prague for busking and why it's such a great way to learn your trade as a performer. In the top five, there's some favourite venues, music from Lemoncello and Glenn Hansard. Elton John and Billie Eilish also feature. Without further ado, Zoe Hater. I was born in Czech Republic, but so my, my mom is Czech, but my, my father's um, English. Grew up in France and his parents, so my grandparents have the Footsborn Traveling Theatre Company that's actually celebrating their 50th anniversary this year, which is the theatre company I was talking about uh, a minute ago. So I kind of grew up between you know, London, Czech Republic, and France. So it's been it's been a lot of moving around. But yeah, I lived in Prague for the past nine years, more or less. There, I've been studying film and photography for the past four years. Just finished that, and I actually just moved here three weeks ago or something like that. I just took, I I left all the furniture. I left everything. I just took my clothes and my seven guitars with me, and I came <laughs> here. <laughs> And I came here and I'm starting to study theatre movement in Paris in October. The, the basic stuff, I guess, is a lot of travelling, a lot of music, a lot of theatre, sex, drugs and rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> and, and maybe the order changes, but it sounds pretty good to me, whatever, yeah. whatever order you put it in. Prague by myself for the past two years to finish my studies. So anytime, you know, I came here and we were just talking in Czech, everyone was like looking at us like, what the hell is that? Who, where are you from? You know, it's something completely different. And what's funny as well that the play we're doing now is an Irish play. So we have two Irish music, actually three Irish musicians in there. And one of them is you know, proper Irish, like he speaks Gaelic. So then you hear him speaking Gaelic on the phone, then you hear me speaking Czech on the phone, and everyone's looking at us like, <laughs> who are you guys, you know? Then we go on tour, and, and all the French people who just, you know, they they just love their, I mean, I love French people, but they love their language so much. And then <laughs> and then we start speaking all this, like, Gaelic Czech <laughs> stuff, and they're like, what? <laughs> so, yeah, it's an interesting mix of all of that. Hey, tell us a little bit about the play then that you're in at the moment. So it's a kind of an adaptation of a book from 1912. It's called The Crock of Gold. It's, um, it's written by James Stevens, who is not, I guess he's not as a fame. I don't know if you ever heard of him. I, I know a lot of people haven't. He's kind of, I know that, you know, he was in that kind of James Joyce era, but mm. not that famous. But the book in Ireland definitely is a kind of a legend. I mean, the story is, a, it's a long kind of, you know, quite complicated story, but the basic 
line is just, if I could say, I don't know, in one sentence, how, how to go from the darkness of thought to the lightness of being. It's just about people living in, living in the dark, living in the, uh, the darkness in the forest and discovering light for the first time, discovering a journey to, towards the light. And then there's all those, of course, all those different stories in there. Philosophers, leprechauns, fairies, you know, it's an Irish story. It's, it's beautiful. And so it goes like that. And I'm playing I'm at the main characters, the philosopher's daughter, who's... Um, five years old or something so it looks quite funny because I'm maybe You're the not tall- five years old yeah I'm not five years old <laughs> and I'm maybe the tallest person from all the actors as well <laughs> so so it looks quite funny but and then I'm playing a leprechaun as well which is so much fun and I do sing a I, I wrote a song for the production as well so I sing a song in there so it's all kind of a mix because it's what I love about that company it's always been so many Uh, nationalities and so many different artists so all of them you know all of us can play musical instrument all of us can sing all of us speak like five different languages and it's just it's always been you know for the 50 years that the company's been existing it's always been a mix of that so it is an Irish story we do have Irish artists in it but we have Bosnian artists in it we have you know um, Czech English artists in it you know French people of course so it's a uh, it's a um, besides an a Irish international story, effort yeah exactly international collaborations yeah and we do and we um, use a lot of projections so it's the huge part of it is a uh, lovely Irish music from the, the Irish musicians that we have and uh, a lot of the projections and a lot of shadow play. We have those incredible cardboard masks that actually look very simple, but, you know, I'd love to show you a picture or something, but basically uh, just telling the story, half of the story behind the curtain with just shadows and just the movement and little sounds, little dialogues, and it just gives it another kind of... um, I wouldn't say like a fairy tale story, but just another way of telling the story. And so it's kind of, yeah, and amazing masks, amazing costumes, you know, through all that. So more more than words, we just speak through through the visuals, through the music, through the songs, which the, the company's always done it like that. But it's amazing for me to do that, you know, after playing music live for six, seven years. I only started doing this last summer when I joined um, as an actress and it's really it's it's a really an, an amazing experience what would you say your not preference but what would you say your your natural feeling lies towards would you say it was music or performance in the, the acting sense that's yeah that's that's a very that's always been a well always it's been a question of that for me for a while now because I basically so yeah I said that I kind of grew up in this theater company but my dad he's he uh, is a stage designer he's been he worked in the globe and Shakespeare's globe in London for seven eight years and my mom was as a theater manager because I was always when I was small I was always with her in the theater like for hours because you know after school I just spent like literally my afternoons in the theater in Czech or in London or in France so it was always, that's just my background. And then when I was kind of 10, 11, I discovered, I just discovered music and I got crazy about it. And I just played my guitars, in, you know, in my room for, for days and hours. And, and for years, I felt like that's what I want to do. I just started performing. I started performing in clubs when I was 13 around Prague. And I just kind of, you know, did all that. And then last year, just 
you know, my grandfather just asked me if I want to get involved in the play, not just musically, but as an actress as well. And I thought I'll just give it a go. And yeah, and that's, that just kind of got to me so much as well that now I'm about to study theatre, mm-hmm. you know, so it's... It's, the, it's the, the two things do quite cross over, though, yeah, especially they do, uh, yeah. looking at your website and reading the biography, you know, you started, as you were saying, playing guitar and performing live at quite a young age and busking. Yeah, yeah. Well, busking did. every day for a year to make money for the record and all that, because that's, yeah. yeah, that's how you have to sell these <laughs> things. But, you know, it's a really brave thing to do, as well as a thing that you Thank really you. enjoy doing, but it's a, a great yeah. way to get out there and do it but when you perform like that out there in the big bad world on your own or in the middle of a square somewhere it's you you are performing I mean that's what you're doing it is yeah I mean definitely definitely it's the performance all the way you know although I love recording you know I love writing and I, I mean I love writing anything but definitely the thing that does make me feel alive is the performing either in the form of theater or music but I do love when that uh, comes together. That's why I love so much what I'm doing now because I kind of do both. You know, I get to sing, I get to play. I, perfect combination, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, that sounds like it's win-win then, yeah. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I guess the big difference though would be if you're performing on your own, it can be a bit more improvised or spontaneous. Yeah. A better way to describe it. Whereas what you're doing at the moment is a is a play, and it's where there might be elements of improvisation, but it's generally directed or you're yeah I mean it is that's that's what's very interesting about this company as well that it's it's very playful it's very it is actually there is a lot of improvising even though of course there there is a a a director there is a person you know that not tells us what to do he kind of (laughs) you know it's it's a it's actually beautiful way of working because you are free but you are you know you are encouraged to try whatever you think is right and then you know if if, uh, and then whatever is right kind of comes out of that. If it's not completely right, you know, the people help you. Like we all kind of have opinions and, and give and give space to each other. So it's a bit of a different way of working as well. I've never worked with someone that would actually, it would be like all scripted, like 100% every step of the way. So this is kind of a, but you're right, of course, it's different from when I was playing solo you can just stand up you know do whatever you want if you suddenly i don't know i've done i Jump love up to, and down or you could just, exactly you, you exactly really whatever yeah. you like yeah or you know i unplug my guitar and jump up on the table in the club and just play uh completely acoustic and plugged you know without obviously you can't do that if there's 10 other people on stage with you like <laughs> <laughs> but it is that's that's another lovely thing about this company that you you can do you, you know it's very playful and you, you can improvise to a certain way which is very nice because some things just come out of nowhere you know in front of the even in front of the public not just during rehearsals which then is beautiful because you can really i mean i found that in music as well but i i really discovered that in the theater that doing all verses and doing it over and over again the same way and then suddenly the public arrives and you just you suddenly do something a bit differently and they just start laughing their their asses off you know and you're like wow this is you know and that was just an improvised that was just you just said two words differently and suddenly you're like oh that works or you move a little bit differently and that's that's what's kind of nice about that that the public completely changes of course, the energy, which happens during concerts as well. But in theatre, it's really, you know, 
it really gives you something else and then something else comes out of that and and suddenly it's it's just a whole other thing that's why it feels amazing like just we've just done three shows and we did completely different venues we did one in the barn one in the village hall and one in the huge tent um our tent and it's like after a year, a year and a half, from almost two years, how long has that been? I don't, you know, it's like, a year and a half. wow. It feels longer, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. That's a nice segue in then. Tell us about your musical uh, influences. And- well, when I was really young, I mean, when I was, you know, a, a kid, I just loved the Beatles and I loved, thought of them as like wanting to be like them or something, but I loved listening to them. But then, so then when I started the band, I just really got into like, I don't know, the Pixies, the Velvet Underground, you know, not the cleanest sound, more like Mm. the, let's just go for it. And the more kind of original, the more, you know, not common, not poppy or whatever it is, the better, you know, and I really just went for it and and shouted and and did all that, you know, like who helped me to get to all that was uh, Glenn Hansard, who's Mm. actually involved in our play now. He's he's one of the musicians in the play and he's a very he's very much a huge part of it he now wrote a lot of music for the play and so it's great to work with him in that way as well I met him through my grandparents festival and he was the one who just you know when I saw him playing just by the campfire with an acoustic guitar he was the one that I was like wow that's all I want to do I just want to play the guitar and play music and so he was the one who encouraged me and kind of got me into the velvet underground the pixies so what, what kind of stuff are you listening to now? What inspires you musically as you've matured as an artist as well? past four years, I did definitely more acoustic stuff. It kind of goes up and down with me. Like, of course, I love listening to everything. I spend a lot of time with my grandparents, especially the, the ones here in France. And they're really rock and roll grandparents. So I, my grandpa loves the Rolling Stones. But I would have listened a lot with my grandma to like Johnny Mitchell, Bob Dylan, Van Morrison, you know, Leonard Cohen. Those people like I are my ultimate inspiration for sure, more than anyone but I do must admit that I'm not always one of those people that keeps track because I'm just I'm either buried in my own kind of um, space. Because that's the thing. <laughs> I mean, Bob, Bob Dylan's just turned 80 years old and I think he's probably just as popular today as he's, as he's yeah. ever been. You know, it's... I, oh, yeah, definitely. What about some plans for the future then? So you're going to be putting down some roots in Paris? That's yeah. where you'll be for the next couple of years? Well, they call it a kind of a professional course called École Jacques Lecoq. Basically, he came up with a, a whole new method of uh, theatre movement, of acting. It's just, you know, they love to call that school as a school of life, not just a school of... For any artist that just to learn about performing in that way, and it just kind of teaches you, the way I see it, how to just get to know your own body and just completely discover it and know how to work with it as a performer. And so even if I were to realize that I don't want to act and I just want to be a, a songwriter, singer and, and, and a guitar player, it still helps once, you know, it still helps the artist so much to, I don't know, to move on stage in any way to just get the confidence on stage to it's just an amazing way of to learn an amazing skill to and there have been some amazing artists that came out of that school i mean like probably the most famous one is jeffrey rush for example but mm-hmm. but otherwise there have been playwrights and, and amazing people that came and 
Uh, actually, my grandfather went to that school, and so many people from this from the company theater company went to that school. So you can do a year there. You know, you kind of decide if that's the thing you want to continue doing. Mm. If you want to do, then you can do two years and get a diploma. But it's a it's an amazing thing, and you get to work with. Uh, it's an international school, so there's people from Scandinavia, Thailand, you know, England, Czech. So you kind of learn how to work with other artists like that in a very tiny space sometimes and you just have to sometimes you know 10 people just have to kind of come into just be as one in the movement which is just an incredibly hard thing to do but if you learn how to do that it's like you know so that's yeah that's what I'll try to do for the next year or two Uh, it'll be very different I have a question for you, Zoe. Tell us a good place to busk in Prague, since you spent such a long time <laughs> there uh, or on a, a very frequent basis, or if not daily basis. What are some of the hot spots in Prague for uh, for busking? So, uh, yeah, that's a that's a great question. <laughs> Where you could always find me was the Venceslav Square. So the the rules in Prague were because you have the river, right? You have. Um, mm-hmm the Vltava River. And there, so there's two shores, basically. And on one shore, you could perform always from like three to four, from five to six, from seven to, to eight, from like the, and then and then on the other shore, which is the Venceslas Square, you could perform in the reverse hours. So like four to five, six to seven, eight to, to nine, if that makes sense. I guess because of the people owning all the shops, on the squares, and I guess uh, they just couldn't stand buskers for more than an hour. So we always had to play, you know, I played with a couple of friends, and we always had to play for an hour, then wait somewhere for an hour, and then and then play again. Or another thing we did is, like, played on Venceslav Square, finished, so from, like, four to five, and then rushed uh, to the other shore at five, and played there from five to six, and then rushed back to Venceslav Square from six to seven. That's a, so Venceslas Square was the best spot, and there were always cops <laughs> around. And we always used like a cajon box, you know. We did. We only got fined once, I think. But sometimes we were running away a bit, you know, like, or or we just <laughs> you were like quick on your feet, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or <laughs> or when we saw one coming, we just kind of like quickly elbowed the the cajon player. We were like, stop playing, you know. So she was just kind of sitting. <laughs> Her or him, was, they were, you know, kind of sitting on there like, I'm just, this is just my seat and I'm just singing. I'm not playing this, this is my seat, my legs hurt, you know, or whatever. <laughs> that was a great spot because there were so many tourists and especially in the summer. I remember just boiling hot. The sun was crazy in, you know, August. Tourists were also crazy and they were, of course, a lot of people, I never played it. A lot of people love playing on the Charles Bridge. However, you do have to have a license there that you have to pay for. So then it's kind of uh, the question about does that, is that worth for you? Does that actually, and of course, as a proper, proper busker, I thought that wasn't, you know, it's kind of getting more into the business if you have to have a license yeah. to pay for it. So I just kind of loved the sponta- spontaneous moment where you just kind of walk out the door with your guitar on your shoulder and just kind of, you know, go to the square uh, with with all the tourists around, put your case in front of you and just start playing. And of course, there were people that, you know, shouting out the windows, people shouting in the streets, c- coming up to me or us. And um, 
I've had people like asking me during interviews, like, what did your parents think? Like, they just let you go off when you were 13, 14 and like uh, in the square with all those, did, were they worried or something? I was like, no, they were happy. I was, you know, making my own, you know, doing my own thing. And again, where the Roots, you know, the theater company, they just started, we're playing on the streets all the time. They did parades, you know, songs, shows. And that's how, the, that's how they kind of learned. And that's how I learned. Like, I know... Of course, I had guitar teachers, I had singing lessons, but I know most of what I learned as a performer as well, because when you go, you know, not just not just um, the scale as well as a musician, of course, like you just, I mean, my guitar playing definitely wouldn't be as good if I weren't uh, playing on the street so much, nor my, my voice, you know, got really strong. Also, when you get in front of people, you know, you have thousand people passing by on Venceslav Square when you... I mean, uh, some people, sometimes you have days where some people stop by and sometimes you have days where no one does. Some people don't even look at you, you know, some people get touched, some people start crying, some people listen for an hour. But when you have the confidence to just stand there and be no one, you get the confidence to go on stage and be someone. It kind of just works that way. It's amazing. And then... It, so it took a while for me. Of course, when I was 13, I was going on stage. I was terrified. I was like, I had the voice <laughs> of a tiny mouse speaking into the microphone, like, yeah. oh, hello. And and I've come a long way. But that just, I think if anyone asked me, like, busking is one of the best schools anyone could have as a performer. I've answered now much more than just your question. But <laughs> but definitely the, the best spots are Wenceslav Square yeah, and the and the Charles Bridge. I'm gonna give it a shot in Paris then some busking. If the oh, rooms I... are the same, I don't really know. Who knows what yeah. it will be in the next few months. Hopefully, let's let's speak optimistically that things are good mm-hmm. and you can you can go out and uh, busk. You fancy giving it a try there? I'd love to. Oh my god. I mean I'm taking I'm definitely taking some of my instruments. I don't think, you know, apartments in Paris are, of course, very small and very expensive. And comparing to Prague, I, I can't even compare it to Czech Republic or to Prague, of course. But I will take some of my instruments that, that fit in there. And uh, I'd love to... Uh, how about a top five, Zoe? Huh? Yes, but yeah, please. <laughs> uh, tell us a guilty pleasure. <laughs> it's not easy when you're under pressure, I know, yeah, one, right? one that I can... Like, oh, yeah, no problem, but... Uh, how, about yeah, we take, how about we take another question and we come... Yeah, I'll think about... Yeah, sorry, yeah, thank you. <laughs> be... I'll just mix the order up a little bit. Uh, how about... Tell us, a venue, tell us a venue that you really enjoy playing. The tent of the of the theatre company where it's, a, it's just a huge, you know, when you picture a circus tent, it's very close to that. Glenn actually asked me to, uh, that was my first solo gig after after quitting my band, and he asked me to open the concert for him in the tent for 500 people or something. <laughs> and so that was extremely terrifying, but it was amazing space. You know, it was in Ireland as well, and the people are so welcoming in there, over there and all the, So that, and we played there last Saturday, we played the show, and so that is just, it's it just has... The, the venue is a magic space on its own, you know? It's just um, it's just a beautiful, beautiful space. One of my favorite ones where I kept coming back, it's called Rock Cafe. It, it's kind of on the, they call it the, the main street. It's in the center. I lived quite close to that. Uh, that was a really, you know, it's, it's, it was, it's a club. It's, I mean, it's, a, it's an underground club, but it was, I had some great nights in there. 
one of my friends organized those um, St. Patrick's Day nights with a lot of Jameson, you know, because it was sponsored by Jameson. <laughs> the the, the Hooli, you know. Yeah, and a lot of Irish music. Yeah, if I if I were to say a club, that was definitely uh, a few lovely places in France here, around here as well, where I did concerts. I only did a couple in London in those, you know, a little, one of them's called New Cross Inn, I think. It just, it was kind of an open mic thing a couple of years ago. So uh, that was... But memorable, yeah, nonetheless. Right. Eh? That's the yeah, thing, eh? exactly. Yeah, these things yeah. could be big, small. The audiences can be likewise with 10, 100, doesn't really matter. It's about the the feeling that it brings back yeah. to you or uh, the, the feeling you had at the time. And it's... Exactly. The atmosphere, the, the, the energy, exactly. all that. Yeah. yeah. That's a great way to put it. Uh, tell us someone we, we should be listening to and why. Uh, Glenn Hans. <laughs> you should be listening to him, yeah, of course. <laughs> but, you can go back to music from the frames or once, yeah. course, which is a great oh, film. I mean, so I mean, much, it's, such a, so it's such a nice film. I mean, nice is maybe not the best adjective to use, but it's a really... It's, it's beautiful, yeah. And, uh, yes, exactly, and it's it's done in a kind of minimalistic kind of way as well. Very it's, much, it's, yeah. It's, it's great, yeah. I really like that movie and the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, there's well another. They're they're also Irish. I mean, I love. I have so many. You know, as I said, I, you know, people in Ireland are so welcoming and so. I just it's amazing working with Irish people, Irish musicians. So. We did actually the last thing we kind of managed to do before, just before COVID started. I, I had a, a gig around here at a concert, and um, there were an Irish duo came over from Ireland, from Dublin, I think, called uh, Lemoncello, mm -hmm. and it's it's a couple of girls. It's um, one of them plays the guitar and sings beautifully and writes the songs, and the other one just plays the cello, and sings also. And it's just, they're, I mean, they're magical. It's two voices, you know, getting together with just those two instruments. And it's a very, I wouldn't say a simple, it's just, it's its kind of, there's something about it of kind of, it's not just Irish folky stuff, but its mm. it's got a magic on its own. And we, we did a video for them with the company with kind of just a few of us. And we used the our masks, our costumes and with a great Irish filmmaker as well, who did uh, Miles O'Reilly, who now is a music. He does a lot of music as well, and he did a lot of videos for Glenn and Lemoncello. They're called, and uh, I definitely, definitely would recommend that. I love him, but he is a little bit of a well, Elton John. I have to say it. And "Don't Go Breaking My Heart" is like I just it's a good sing. Song. I it's I think it's a great song, and I yeah. sing that all the time. And I wouldn't necessarily it's a, it's a call du, it a It's very, a duet, if I remember right. Yeah, so I can't yeah. With, with Kiki D, I think it is, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's one of the songs, you know, like I used to, uh, we sang that a lot with my friend, just like we always got a bit drunk and then sang karaoke, just <laughs> just that song over and over. And you may have answered two questions in one here, because the next question is going to be, what's your go-to karaoke song? So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that's definitely that one. And Ain't No Mountains High Enough. Oh, Those fantastic. Two. Yeah, excellent. Listen, Good baby. Chance. Yeah, so that. <laughs> Those two. Along, Those yeah. two. Last question. Now, see if I can remember what it was. Ah, yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, tell us someone that you might think is a bit overrated. Someone you just don't get. You know, you're, you're just like, oh, it doesn't work for me. But I have to say it, and uh, I hope no one's going to take it in the wrong way, but I... Billie Eilish, I just have to say it. 
Interesting, because yeah. I've had lots of the other way messages the other way or you know conversations the other way around when I ask questions about who should we be listening to. This has been really oh, yeah. <laughs> oh god a few people have said it of late. But hey that's that's music and art and the joy of agreeing to disagree. Yeah? Mm-hmm. What what is it you just don't get? Well it's not well uh, I definitely don't think she's uh, not good. I mean, of course, mm. she she is really good. I just, you know, I just, I guess one of the things is that the whole fuss about her just, that all got me, just drove me away from listening to her rather than being curious because mm. it was just too much. Well, it's a different for every person, but, you know, uh, art and music is here to kind of create a feeling, you know, to not necessarily relate, but just to to, to give you... To, and I just... It doesn't, it doesn't seem quite true to me. Yeah, it doesn't sometimes... Maybe maybe I'm wrong, maybe I sh- need to listen to her more and, and discover more, but, but to me it's not, it's not um, wearing your heart on the sleeve, you know, I, I watched a video of her going around in like a little child's car. Yeah. I can't even remember what the song was called, but I was, yeah, I, I don't really think I'm her intended market, if I'm being honest. So yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. Kind of, uh, I, I listened to a couple of songs. Is it Bad Guys? Is that another one it's called? Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. I think that's one of the famous ones, I think. And it's, they're not bad stuff, no, you know, but it's, it's, it's all right. I, I thought, okay, I'll go and listen to the song, the original, and I was like, yeah, it's all right. It's, it wasn't terrible you know it was kind of it's a bit like britney spears and songs like toxic you know they, they, yeah yeah uh, yeah exactly the elements yeah. of the song might be really good you know they're well-crafted pop songs but the way it's packaged or the way it's produced or the way it's performed even maybe just doesn't do it for you you know exactly exactly i mean you can you know i've seen people covering uh, songs that uh, not necessarily hers but just songs that you kind of you know would have thought that are a bit too cringe or lo- love songs and you know all of, all of that and then they just perform them in a different way like acoustically or very gently and suddenly you know or just really simply and you saw you actually saw beautiful songs underneath all that um commercial producer stuff indeed it, i mean i no, never want to judge anyone but it's you never know what those for for those celebrities for those stars what the producers make them do in it, it uh, I think she's still a teenager. She's eighteen or something. I'm not sure, but uh, it's yeah. the way it's packaged and the. There's a whole different story there about the way that women are portrayed in music in general, or you know, there's all there's a whole kind of there's a whole another episode in there. I think that of course, I could get yeah, into, yeah. It, yeah, yeah, and uh, the teenage market and all that stuff. So I mean, it's interesting from the point of view that she's so young and obviously talented with her brother who does most of the music and production, I think. It'll be interesting to see where she is in five or ten years' time and what yeah, kind of music yeah. they're producing then. And it could very well be just a phase at the moment. I mean, it's, it's that's the whole thing. Music grows arms and legs and takes us to places no, that we course. never really know where it is. Of course, of course, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very philosophical for someone so <laughs> for a Wednesday afternoon. No, it's good. You're right. I mean, you know, who who, who knows where I'll be in in five ten years? You know, <laughs> I'm actually we're the same age. I think she's um, maybe a year older than me. Even I think she's turning twenty. Zoe, it's been an absolute pleasure. I've kept you yes. for an hour and six minutes. So you go, that wasn't bad, was it? 
Thank you so much. I was really happy to do all that. And I've... <laughs> Zoe, yeah. I wish you all the best and uh, good luck with everything. Yeah, thank you. And uh, good luck with uh, Paris and fall. Thank you so much. It was lovely to talk to you. Great, great chat. Thank you. You can follow Can't Find My Way Home on Instagram at can't.findmywayhome, on Facebook at expat music pod. And of course, you can find us on Spotify, Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts from, you'll find us there. Until the next one, this is Greg saying, cheers.